welcome in to the Fantasy Football Ratings Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Morton, here with my co-host, cousin, and best friend, Josh Hensel. We are here again for another slate of football going into week four. The first three weeks are in the wraps. They are done. We are looking forward to week four. I'm sure people are starting to panic. Some 0-3 squads. Don't freak out. It's a long season. There are plenty, plenty of times and you can really see it throughout the fantasy community where teams start 0-3 and end up winning the championship. So don't quit. Don't give up on your squad. Just see what you can do and work some magic and some trades on the waiver wire. Take advantage of some guys and, and get back into the running of things. So we're going to talk about some waiver pickups. and We're going to go over some of these guys that I know you all are starting to freak out about, whether you, you maybe should hold these guys, cut bait with them, drop them to the waiver wire. Maybe just try to get rid of them off your squad. But we're going to talk you down off the ledge for some of these guys. And maybe some of them you just need to punt, punt off the cliff. So just get off. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so Joshua, you got anything you want to want to say before we get going on this week, week four um, podcast? You know, I know we're a little late this week. We uh, we're actually recording this after the, the Bengals Jags game, um, uh, a mess of a game, but actually kind of fun to watch. Um, so we really probably won't talk about them too much when we're talking about stuff for, you know, going into the week, but um you know overall I think it's been a really weird season but like that's typically when you can take advantage of like people just not understanding what's going on um so I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity to like actually make a couple of like quick moves and make your team a lot better absolutely I completely agree with that I mean people are starting to freak out a lot of it's been a weird really really weird start to the season for fantasy i mean i i completely expected these wide receivers from the third to sixth seventh round maybe even a little mm-hmm. bit later to produce this season it still seems like you want to have those high-end backs that you took in the first two rounds those are the ones that are balling out outside of someone like deandre swift potentially mm-hmm. who's been putting up great numbers and is somebody that you definitely it seems like you want to have on your team catching all these passes um but it has been weird. Like most teams, it doesn't seem like having dumping the ball down to their backs this season. They're just kind of taking a lot of shots downfield. I mean, McCaffrey was the guy catching catching most of the passes, pretty much the only back catching a lot of passes. I mean, Kamara hasn't been catching a lot of passes mm-hmm. right now. Eckler's starting to get his thing going with catching passes. But outside of some of these guys and the Swifts, it's, it, you know, you're getting maybe like three or four catches out of your running back. And you kind of just have to feel good with that at the moment. Um, but running back is really, really – you know, it's weak when you get past those top 15 guys. It's it's tough to come by. So we're going to get right into it and go over our week four waiver priority picks. Who we think you guys should look at and start putting on your bench. Maybe even some guys that you can get after the waiver wire since we're doing it a little bit later and stash right now before the upcoming week. So you don't have to waste that high end waiver priority because you already have them on your bench. <clears throat> All right, so Josh, why don't you start us off? Because you got the big name waiver pickup going into the week. McCaffrey goes down. <laughs> Who is your waiver pickup, your top guy? Um, it's Chuba Hubbard, um, and I think that's relatively obvious, right? Like, if you've got those that fab money, you should spend it on him. Um, he's worth it because um, he he's a good back. Like he he was a good back in college, um, projected to be a good back in the pros. I know he wasn't a high pick, but. Yeah, I mean, he got, you know, he didn't do a lot of senior year, but the year before that ran Mm 2,000-something yards, one of the most prolific Mm -hmm. statistical seasons in college football history at Oklahoma State. So, (laughs) Yeah, Chuba Hubbard is a really good player. Um, So it's not a surprise that he came in and played well. Um, 
And I think with McCaffrey down, we we know we've we've played this story before, right? He maybe he's dinged up now, comes back, it's dinged up again, right? We know that he can get dinged up. So if you have his backup, super huge, right? Because I have McCaffrey. Um, and so now I'm down three running backs, but he was keeping yeah. track. You know, you know, we're in the same boat. I have a Catherine <laughs> in the league too, and it's not great. It's not great. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't always want to stash your same, you know, handcuff always. It kind of can be yeah. your upside. I mean, if you have McCaffrey and then you have, mm-hmm. let's say Tony Pollard and Zeke went mm-hmm. down, boom, you just, now you have two RB ones. Your team just got a significantly better. There are some numbers out there that, stashing your own you know handcuff doesn't always work out the way you might think but in this case mm-hmm. with chuba hubbard i think you're right right on point there i think that going and wasting your number one waiver priority or a lot of fab to get someone like this right now is worth while even if you already have a lot of backs maybe you're in a league where the mccaffrey owner is just really really short at running back it's pretty common for that to happen a lot i mean you got the first pick you come back around a lot of those backs are gone maybe they took a tight end maybe they took a high-end wide receiver i feel like that's pretty pretty much how how it went during draft season for the guys with the first overall pick so they're probably (laughs) light it back maybe you want to go ahead and add chuba and trade him for a wide receiver maybe you're light at wide receiver maybe you want a high-end tight end you want to throw somebody else with chuba and get him so i think that's definitely makes sense put everything you got get chuba same thing josh just said mccaffrey last season I mean, I had him in the league last year and you just, you felt like, oh, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. And you just never really did. I mean, he came back for a game, dropped a 30 ball like he always does, balls out, just dominated against the Chiefs, but then hurts his shoulder and they took him out for the season. Now, the one thing I'll say is this year, and I kind of felt like the Panthers were going to surprise some people a little bit early. We'll see if they can keep it going without McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. And that's why I think this is good. I think. The Panthers are 3-0. and They're at the top of their division right now. Um, and, I mean, they are actually, I think, in first right now. What, like, the, mm-hmm. the same, like they're in first in their division. It's kind of, kind of wild to think about that. Um, but because of that, I think they are going to try to get McCaffrey back early. But there's only so much they can do. And McCaffrey gets, like, 30 touches a game. He gets worn down. He's not a Derrick Henry. He's not six foot three, 235 pounds. I mean, McCaffrey's a – six foot back who is about like 210 at best really he's not you know he's, he's not a thick back he gets hurt quite a bit gets nicked up so I think that getting Chuba now makes a lot of sense because they might be saying and hoping McCaffrey's going to be back in two weeks maybe it's three weeks maybe it's longer we don't really know for sure they're saying he's not going to be on IR but they could put him on IR if it's just not getting you know healing better we all saw that injury you know Thursday night game a primetime mm-hmm. game and it was non-contact. I mean, he was hopping and then boom, his hamstring pops. Like it's, that's never a good sign. That typically means that it's going to be a longer, longer term injury. I mean, McCaffrey is an absolute specimen. So hopefully he can get back. But I think spending all the, all the fab waiver priority, go get Chuba now because he should be worth, worthwhile for at least <clears throat> a few weeks. And another thing with Chuba um, and McCaffrey both is so with, McCaffrey specifically, he's had so many touches already as a running back in the NFL, and he had a ton at Stanford. Yeah, um, that's very we, true. That's a very good point, yeah. And we know that running backs only have so many touches in them before this starts to happen, right? It happened last year. Now, he's been he's always been a guy who gets dinged up a little bit, right? So maybe yeah. it's just that, and it definitely could be. I'm not saying that, like, 
oh, it's the end of McCaffrey. He's going to. No, no, absolutely but, not. And he's still no, the most like, valuable player in fantasy. For um, sure. Um, but because of that, you know, I think it it is something to like put in your cap when you're like, yeah, I got to prioritize Chuba because if you get him, I think that like it's relatively realistic to see him play more than just, oh, this couple week stretch. Like I think he could be in and out of the lineup a few times throughout the year. And when he's in, he's going to be good. And that's what I've been thinking about too, man. I mean, if Chuba comes out and performs well, you know, averages Mm -hmm. four and a half, not that yards per carry is a super Mm -hmm. skinny stat or anything, but if he averages four and a half and he catches passes, he dropped a few last game. So he's, I don't know how great of a pass catcher he truly is. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he can come out and get a few catches, gets about seven and a half yards for seven four and a half for carry, looks good. That does put a little bit of worry in me. Not that this is going to affect McCaffrey like crazy. It's not. They, mm-hmm. They're going to utilize the best top three back in the league, you know, mm-hmm. to his maximum potential. But I think you're right in thinking that if Chuba comes out and performs, they are going to want to save McCaffrey down the stretch. And I think that they may start to give Chuba Hubbard some of that workload if he looks good so that McCaffrey mm-hmm. doesn't have to touch the ball 30 plus times a game and get hurt like this. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if they can get it to where McCaffrey's getting 20 high value touches and Chuba's getting 10 and yeah, exactly. They're, they're able to mix that up. That's huge for both really. Um, it keeps them both fresh, hopefully, you know, avoiding injury um so if you know Chubin can come in these next couple of weeks really show that he can he deserves a spot in the rotation you know just like tony pollard did exactly it's a very yeah that's true that's true where like zeke's still a good like you still want to start zeke zeke's doing really well like he's gonna have some weeks where maybe like it feels like damn tony's vulturing some of his touches but um you know zeke still performs and i think kind of the same applies to mccaffrey except mccaffrey's just way better than zeke even though i'm a cowboys fan like mccaffrey's just a way better player um oh for sure and for sure. he does things that chuba can't do right like yeah in the way that tony pollard can be used in the passing offense in a way that zeke can't that's kind of what mccaffrey can do except he's also just the better running back than chuba right. so i don't think it would like lower mccaffrey's ceiling very much no but it would no. raise um chuba hubbard yeah for sure for sure and maybe it takes him down <sighs> a few notches in his ceiling mm-hmm. but his ceiling is still crazy even if that yeah. were to happen and you're right i mean chuba's no tony pollard or anything like mm-hmm. that so even if he does come in and get a little bit of touches, this is not like a freak out about McCaffrey type of thing. It's more of just Mm -hmm. like understand that Shuba definitely could end up having some, some value and McCaffrey is injury prone, at least right now. I don't want to call him like Mm -hmm. an injury prone back for sure, but right now it's starting to get that way, especially if he got hurt again this year or missed a significant length of time. And, you know, going back with that Zeke, you know, this is kind of going for what we're going to talk about later, which is, some guys that maybe people are freaking out. And I know people probably aren't freaking out as much about Zeke, right? You know, at this mm-hmm. point in time, he had two touchdowns last game, touchdown a week before. But people don't seem to, to worry about the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb situation. Everyone's like, oh, Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, you know, he's still going to get all mm-hmm. touches and all that. But Kareem Hunt comes in and mixes in, takes a ton of that work, and they just, it doesn't yep. matter. And I understand that the Browns have the best on line in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But the Cowboys are no slouch on the offensive line. I mean, they're, they've got a good O-line too. And Tony Pollard's mm-hmm. taking work, but Zeke's the primary guy. I don't see a, too much of a difference between the two. I know Chubb is a better mm-hmm. runner, but Zeke catches a few more passes. They're both mm-hmm. in good – like the Cowboys are a better offense. So, in general mm-hmm. there, I feel like there's been a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, Zeke as 
with Tony Pollard because maybe you didn't expect it, but maybe it's just kind of a similar situation with Pollard and Zeke and Chubb and Hunt. So that was just a brief thing I wanted to talk about there. You Mm -hmm. kind of brought that to my attention right now. And I think that um, sometimes it's not so bad. Like Zeke's going to be a little bit more fresh with Pollard coming in Mm -hmm. and and it, you know, might get him some better touches, but yeah, with Chuba and McCaffrey, I definitely think, definitely think you got to go, go ahead and spend up on Chuba. I mean, even if you need it back in the, in the short term, you can maybe, make a small trade if someone is, is weak at wide receiver and you have some wide receiver depth and you want to go go throw, you know, some some mid-tier wide receiver and they're not really going to play Chuba and you need it back, you can go do that as well. I feel like Chuba, I don't think that people should expect crazy numbers. He's not going to put up anything like spectacular, mm-hmm. but he's definitely a guy that's going to catch passes and in a PPR league, that's what you want. Plus the Panthers, you probably know their, their OC. I mean, he's a great mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. Do you remember his name? Um, it's not coach? uh Joe Judge, right? Yes. You're, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. no, I don't think it's Judge. No. It's, it's uh, I, the other. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. I we both know what we're talking about. He was the he yeah. was the passing game coordinator in OC at LSU. He's an excellent, excellent offensive coordinator. He gets his guys open. I mean, DJ mm-hmm. Moore's been He knows what he's doing. So there's a reason that Chuba, even if he doesn't look amazing, he's still a valuable play for mm-hmm. fantasy moving forward, at least while McCaffrey's out, even if he comes back, he gets some standalone value. So definitely Chuba Hubbard. All right, I'm going to move on to my waiver pickups right now. And I'm just going to talk about the Bills wide receivers. I think that guys need to go get a part of this passing attack in Buffalo. They throw the ball more than pretty much anybody in the league. They don't really utilize the run game. They've tried to a little bit lately, but I think – the primary reason Zach Moss even had the game last week was because they were destroying the Washington football team. It was not a contest at all. So they were able to run the ball. But before that, I would like to see, I didn't look up these numbers, but I'd like to see how many of those carries for Zach Moss came in the fourth quarter. And at the end of that game, I would expect the majority of them probably did. Um, They just were crushing him. And Josh Allen is turning it on. I know he, kind of struggled out of the gate, but that's not a big deal. Josh Allen is a top five QB in the NFL. He's, he's a stud. So you want a piece of this attack. I mean, Cole Beasley, if he's somehow still out there in your league, and the only reason I bring that up is because he actually was in one of my leagues. I mean, it's a 10-team league, but he was out there, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are playing in 10-team leagues. And Sometimes guys just don't get picked up for a little while, and mm-hmm. Cole Beasley's not a sexy name. He's not a guy that's going to – produce crazy numbers, but the guy had 13 targets in week one and 13 targets last week. He gets a lot of looks. So he's somebody that is can you can throw in your lineup in the flex or if you have bye weeks down the stretch and your wide receiver too, if someone, you know, isn't going to play. And even if you have injuries, potentially, he's someone that can come in and you can feel really confident that he's going to get you 10 to 15 points in that game. Um, he doesn't have ceiling. I'm not saying that he doesn't have that kind of ceiling, but he is absolutely one of the safest wide receiver plays you can have in that wide receiver three type of spot. So I think if he's somehow out, out there, go ahead and throw him on your bench. He's someone worth picking up. And the main guy that is only rostered, or at least was only rostered, I know some of these waivers have already run, but he was rostered about 20% of leagues, maybe 20 or 30. And that's Emmanuel Sanders. Last week he had two touchdowns, and Sanders isn't getting nearly as many targets as Beasley. Mm-hmm. He's not playing in the slot like he previously has in mm-hmm. his career. But the Bills run a lot of four wide receiver sets, similar to the way the Cardinals run their offense. And he gets a lot of 
you know, good targets, high value targets. His A dot is very, it's far down the field. He's getting thrown the ball past 15 yards quite a bit, 10 to 15, where it's Beasley's going those under underneath routes. Sanders isn't doing that right now. He's going to get those looks down the field and he might only get seven targets, six targets, something like that. I mean, Diggs is, I would expect about to explode here coming up. He hasn't had those games. So Diggs is going to explode. So that also, I would say if someone's freaking out about Diggs, go get Diggs right now because his value will never be lower than it is right now. There's no way. Um, But Sanders, he had two touchdowns last week, and I think that he has the potential to put up games like this moving forward. He's going to have a lower floor, right? Like if you need, if you want like a really high, high upside guy type of play, that's Sanders. If you want the lower, you know, the, the higher floor, lower ceiling, get Beasley. I think both of these guys are are dudes you want on your roster going going into the the you know middle part, second half of the fantasy season especially when bye weeks are coming up because they're guys that you can throw in and just be like, okay, you know, I'm good. I feel confident. These are guys in a high pass volume offense and Josh Allen can sling the rock. So, you know, you, you feel pretty good. Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm probably going to get a, a decent amount of points from these guys. What do you think? Yeah, no. Um, you know, one of the things that I think people way overreact to in week one was Josh Allen struggling against the Steelers. Yeah. Mike Tomlin had an entire offseason to game plan. Exactly. And exactly. Like Mike Tomlin's one of the best defensive masterminds in football. So like the fact that Josh Allen had a bad week one against a great defense and a great defensive coach is not shocking. Um, so I think that like if we just kind of remove that game because that weird stuff like that always happens in week one like always. it's very I mean, not sticky. I mean, last like, year the Jags beat the Colts in week one and then lost yeah. every single game after that, right? Mm-hmm. And if we just kind of remove that, which I think is pretty fair to do, um, they've really started to come together a lot, lot better moving after oh, that yeah. as well as like. Out of necessity, they the running backs aren't great. Like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary aren't very good. But also their offensive line is not a great run blocking line. Um, they do pass protect pretty well. And Josh Allen also like can typically like if, if a guy doesn't have a great angle on him, he's going to probably break the sack and continue to play because he's, you know, huge. But they're going to throw the ball a ton because they have to. Josh Allen has the ability to make huge throws throughout like – every position on the field he can make it we know this right and he's i don't think like he's regressing back like he might not have the amazing year he had last year just because like statistically it was so what like amazing but going into this year i think that he's going to produce and continue to produce i think that cole Be- cole is super safe i've like had multiple different like leagues throughout the years where i've had just cole beasley on there started up a ton he always just like comes in gives you consistency and that like no, he doesn't have, you know, 30 point upside. Like he's never going to do that. Like he's just yeah. not he's that not type a, of player, yeah. but it's kind of like having like, like a bargain brand version of like a Wes Welker where you're just like, yep, I'm getting 12 sure. points. Like sure. I'm going to get 12, like every week I'm getting 12. Like he might give me 15, maybe he gives me 10, but I'm getting just a super like, safe four guy. You just can feel yeah. confident. I mean, at, at right now, and I'm not saying this is going to stick, but at least right now he's on pace for over 100 receptions on the season. Yeah. So, <laughs> And, you know, I, I guess there could be some worry, right, with some possible vaccine restrictions on whether he can play. Yeah, that's true. And I guess that's worth noting. Um, I guess we'll just have to see with that. I, I don't yeah. have any intel on that not at all. Not much fantasy <laughs> analysis when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. So. Um, 
But if you know if he has to start missing home games, obviously, then you just don't yeah. want him on your team. Um, How do you feel about but, uh, Sanders? <laughs> um, I actually like Sanders a lot because what I like about him is what they've been doing is Beasley kind of runs the low route and he kind of runs like through. He's still typically in the middle of the field, but he's running the deeper route of just that. Just five, five, ten yards further down the field, mm-hmm. right? And um, the reason I like that a lot is because Diggs is attracting so much outside attention and then Beasley in a slot, like you have to have a guy covered it, covering him down. So that's making basically a safety guard Emmanuel Sanders typically. And when that happens, like, I think that's a huge win for Emmanuel Sanders and the Bills, right? Like, I think he's just too elusive. He's going to get open in that spot. Like, I think that gives you that advantage as well as, like, okay, maybe they start to cover Sanders. Um, That opens up digs, right? So, like, I think all of the receivers play well off of each other. So, if you, it's kind of like with the Bucks, you want to have Bucks receivers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You want a part of these high. <clears throat> high uh, volume pass offenses. The pie is just mm-hmm. so large. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and I think that Sanders is worth picking up. I agree. He does have somewhat of a low floor, um, but he also has a high ceiling. Like he can burst. Um, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, get some, get some bills, wide receivers, go get up, go get these guys. And if you can get Stefan Diggs right now, um, I would absolutely do that because He's only had 60 yards in the first three games. Each game he had 60 yards, about 60, 69 in one of the games. He is going to have so, so many better games than that. His season's going to get a lot better. Josh Allen's getting it going. And that you just know that that rapport is so strong from last year. I would expect him to just start to start to explode here soon. Um, he was a first-round pick this year. So mm-hmm. I would get digs now if you can. Um those owners might be freaking out a little bit. So, all right, Josh, who is your uh, second waiver pickup this week? Um, so this one kind of feeds into what we were talking about with maybe getting some of the backup running backs that you think highly of. Um, I'm not a huge JD McKissick fan, but I think the role that he would play if Gibson went down is pretty substantial as well as like he has a role already. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd be the pass catching guy and he'd start to get it around probably 10 to 12 carries a game. mm -hmm. Maybe it'd possibly get more. I know Jarrett Patterson's there and he flashed Mm -hmm. in the preseason, but I think you're right. Like if Gibson went down, McKissick would be a definitely an RB two. Yeah. Um, And I think like his current spot isn't horrible just because the way that the football team is going to have to play um play from where like they're going to be playing from behind so he's going to be on the field a little bit more um and because Heineke like I don't think Heineke's a bad quarterback but he's also like he's a clear backup quarterback yeah um yeah so with that in mind like he's going to need a safety valve I think that McKissick's a pretty good one um so I don't think he's like a super high ceiling guy or anything like that like I don't think that even if Gibson goes down you're like oh yeah like he's suddenly a monster like no I don't think that either but I think that he's one of those guys that like has a role already. And then if something happened, his role would increase in a way that makes him really valuable. Um, and like, if you like absolutely needed a running back to start, you're totally banged up. He's a guy that you probably would have considered starting, which is crazy, but um, I know he's, I have no running back. Yeah, but I, exactly. I consider picking him up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's, it's, partially because it's there's not a lot of running backs available right everybody is trying to find one uh, but he's available in a lot of leagues and I think he's a guy that's worth just like okay 
I'm thin at running back. I need to add a guy who's a guy that maybe like if someone something changed, he could get a good spot. I think he's a guy to look at there. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think McKissick has some of his own standalone value now. And um, if Gibson were to go down, he's a guy that's um, worthwhile to have on your roster. He would be valuable. And that this kind now, of this is in PPR. Like, yeah, in not PPR, in regular. No, no standard, standard format. No way. But he has in, no value. PPR, half PPR. He's someone you could throw in. I know in half PPR, definitely, I mean, still a drop-off a bit, but mm-hmm. he is still worthwhile having. I mean, if you have Gibson, you have space on your bench. I'm not much for always saying, like, grab all your handcuffs. I think that sometimes mm-hmm. your own handcuffs can limit some of your upside. Um, I agree. But in general, right now, if you have the space, guys have been going down, and if you, you know, you have some wide receivers already and you've got – um, a few good backs like you got maybe you have a lot of backs and you just have some space you you could play the handcuff game a little bit right now and just kind of move 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 forward that way there's no no harm no shame in doing that um and this kind of leads into my next waiver pickups and this is just a general you know stash some of these high-end backup rbs now i think that if you have some space you probably know what your bench is looking like right now. You know your starting lineup. We're three weeks in. Not saying like if you have somebody that hasn't performed great or you don't drop anyone you shouldn't, you know, obvious plays like that. But if you have some space, I think that it's the time to go ahead and pick up some of these high-end backup RBs. So some of these guys like an A.J. Dillon who hasn't done anything mm-hmm. because Aaron Jones has been performing, but Aaron Jones is known to get nicked up a little bit. Um I think that AJ Dillon has is probably moved to the waiver wire in quite a few weeks. I think he's somebody you should stash. Alexander Madison proved that point last week. Guy went nuts. Dalvin Cook was out a week. I think that he's not somebody you should just go out and just be like, okay, I'm done. I got him for the week. I think that Dalvin Cook has had a history too of getting hurt a little bit. All running backs kind of get hurt a bit, right? So Alexander Madison, someone like that. Obviously, we just talked about Chuba Hubbard. People already have Tony Pollard, so don't really think too much about that. <clears throat> Um, but even like in a case of Naheem Hines with Jonathan Taylor, I think Hines is going to be the guy. Marlon Mack is potentially going to be getting shipped out of town. So he's yeah. one of those guys. <clears throat> um, I mean, you have it like think about some of those other guys. I mean, like Kenneth Gainwell is a backup right now to Miles mm-hmm. Sanders. He's somebody you could have on your bench. Who are who are some of, some of those other guys, Josh? Bring some bring some names up. <clears throat> um, well, this one he's like I think he's currently banged up. Um, but he's someone who could definitely come in and get a role. Um, is Javion Hawkins for uh, the Rams? I think he's on the Rams roster. Um, Javion Hawkins, uh, I think he was like a fourth round pick. Um, he played at Louisville. He's a pretty good back. Um, the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure he's on the Rams roster. If he's on the Rams roster, then this is totally valid. Because um, Daryl Henderson's going to continue to get banged up. He's like five Always six. Does. Yeah. Um, like he's like I like Henderson a lot. He's just gonna be a guy who's in and out of the lineup. Sony Michelle is as boring as it gets. And like, I'm sure he'll always have his role for them just because they need a guy who can kind of do some of those yeah. like weird, you know, your third and twos, that type of stuff. But if they needed like, if Henderson's down and Hawkins is back, I think he ends up getting a role there. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy I think I'd consider like picking up. Um, two, and then two other guys that just came to mind, uh, Tony Jones Jr. Yeah. From the Saints, mm-hmm. very high high value backup right there. I mean, Kamara mm-hmm. hasn't had a long history of getting hurt or anything, but he's getting more touches this year, at least carries, which are mm-hmm. more prone for injury than a reception typically for running back. So Tony Jones would have a lot of value if Kamara were to go down. 
And then Daryl Williams for the Chiefs yep. with Clyde mm-hmm. edwards helaire Daryl Williams is a, one of those backups. I mean, all these guys are, are people you you definitely should consider um, rostering right now. If if their starter were to go down, it's just they, they're going to have quite a bit of value, um, and, and they're they're just they're worth the pickup. And another guy potentially, and this one's more <laughs> of like a dart throw. This isn't this isn't one that I'd be like, okay, go go do it for sure. You have to have an IR spot. You have to not have mm-hmm. guys on that IR spot to make this work. But because this player is currently on IR. He's on IR and we'll see what happens. But if Derrick Henry were to go down and he's getting mm-hmm. an inc- just an insane workload right now, he's getting literally mm-hmm. like 30, 40 touches a game. It's absolutely nuts. He's catching passes right now. Um, but that's Darrington Evans as well. Yeah. Darrington Evans is a high value backup that if you had space on your IR and you just want to throw them on there. I don't know how long the injury is going to be. So this is, this is not really one of those guys that I'm like, go do it for sure right now, but mm-hmm. keep an eye on it. Um, Darrington Evans would also be a fairly high value backup to have as well. Um, another guy I'd look at is, you know, coming in camp, there was definitely like rumors that DJ Dallas had taken Rashad Penny's spot. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's like certified or not. Hurt, so Yeah. So I imagine that's probably true. And if Carson goes down, DJ Dallas actually is a good running back. Like, um, he was really and good in Miami. They also he's, have he's Alex Collins, and he looked yeah. pretty good in the preseason. But I think you're right in saying keep an eye on the Seahawks backfield. You know, Chris mm-hmm. Carson definitely has a history of getting injured. Yeah. The guy's been hurt quite a bit in his past. So, mm-hmm. you know, keep an eye on that backfield. Maybe DJ Dallas, maybe it's Alex Collins. Those are probably guys that you need to go stash right now because yeah. it's not a clear cut who it's going to be. Same mm-hmm. goes for the Chargers, right? Austin mm-hmm. Eckler has a history of getting injured. He's a small guy, and he's getting a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't know for sure. I mean, I probably put my money on Justin Jackson, but they also have yeah, Boundtree, who's yep. there, and they like him. But Justin Jackson um, is a guy, too. But in general, these, these high-end backup running backs, I think if you have the space, now is the time to do it. Get ahead of the curve. If you have somebody who you just are like, eh, I don't really care about him on my bench. Mm-hmm. And this is something I've actually kind of done in some of my leagues. Um, if they play a one o'clock game and one of these high-end running backs, backup running backs, like A.J. Dillon this week plays the Steelers at home at 425. If you have one of these wide receivers or somebody who just hasn't been doing a lot, they play the one o'clock game, you feel really confident that if you drop them after that one o'clock game and they didn't do anything, that no one's mm-hmm. going to pick them up. I would consider like now this takes some, you know, you're doing your own, you got to stay on it during the games. Right. But Mm -hmm. if they're that game ends and they're like, they didn't do much and you, you think you can get them after the waivers where you can, you know, whatever it may be, they could go through waivers and you pick them up again. You could add an AJ Dillon to your roster right then and there. Most leagues allow you to drop during the games and pick up somebody who hasn't played at least on Yahoo. I know you can do that for sure. Mm -hmm. So if you drop that guy and you pick up A.J. Dillon, just knowing, like, if Aaron Jones goes down, I've got A.J. Dillon, boom, that's big time. Yeah. Right? So that's something – that's a strategy you can kind of employ if you have – or you know, if you actually – if you have that space and that luxury, you feel like there's a guy that you could get right back. And if it doesn't happen and you don't want to hold on to A.J. Dillon, maybe you do. But that's also something to consider, you know, mm-hmm. on, on Sundays when that stuff goes down. But 
yeah, keep an eye on these backup RBs. And if you can get ahead of the curve, sometimes it's just good to have them on your bench because then you don't even have to worry about wasting that waiver priority. And I'm not, again, we said this, it's not just about getting handcuffs. This isn't a handcuff conversation. This is a get somebody else's handcuff type of thing. Like get an Alexander Madison. Like if you had him already, you had an RB one last week, who put up monster numbers. And that's just, it's really valuable to have something like that. Um, at this point in the season. So if you can make it work, it's something to do. Don't do anything dumb. Don't drop people you shouldn't. Don't do anything like that. But if you can make it work, it's something that I think you you can consider at this point, right? <clears throat> so, Josh, do you have anything else you want to talk about for the waivers right now before we um, on? <laughs> I'd probably pick up K.J. Osborne. Um, I know we've talked about him a little bit before. I know he didn't have a great week last week. Um but I think it makes a lot of sense just because he's got a certified role. He's the third receiver. So, you know, you're not loving that. Um, but I mean, anything happens to Justin Jefferson or Thielen, he's taken that's like, he's going to get a huge workload off that. Um, and I think he's got a consistent, like, all right, he's our third guy. Like there'll be some boom and bust with that, but I think he's worth picking up. Yeah. I um, agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, KJ didn't have a great game last week. The only thing that's a little bit, can give you a little bit of hesitancy moving into this week is they did utilize Tyler Conklin last week. They have been going yeah. for three wide across the board. So they did mm-hmm. use a tight end, but I, I think you're right. Like most of the time and Conklin was banged up this week as well. I yeah. think he's going to play. Um, but I definitely agree with you. KJ Osborne, somebody you can have, you can feel pretty confident that he's going to come in and give you solid numbers. I know last week he didn't do a whole lot, but mm-hmm. you're right. If one of those receivers were to go down, KJ's going to step right in there and get a lot of targets. Um, so I agree with you. I think KJ is somebody that if you can afford to keep them on your bench right now, go ahead and do that. If you're in a 12-team league, maybe you have six, seven bench spots. He is somebody that you can you can hang on to. I understand there are injuries going on right now, and maybe you have mm-hmm. to get it back. And prioritizing backs off the waiver For wire sure. is typically what you should do because – like Josh has kind of mentioned in the past is you can kind of find a lot of receivers to plug and play um, at different points in time, but it's a lot easier to plug and play a wide receiver during bye weeks than it is to plug and play a running back. But I, I definitely think that KJ Osborne is, has got, has got the, uh, the safe, pretty, pretty safe floor. And if anything were to happen to those two guys, he would boom. I mean, he'd be a pretty valuable wide receiver to have in your flex spot. So I like that. I like KJ. And then, like, one guy that, like, if you have him and are thinking about dropping him or he got dropped, because um, he is below 50%, and I know it went above, so it's been up and down, is Justin Fields. Um, he had a horrible game last week, but he played against the best pass rush in the league. Um, and also, they're probably going to lose this week, so maybe you don't have to do it this week. But um, Matt Nagy's going to get fired. Like, everyone is – that he's is gonna, been coming out. Yeah, like it's, he's going to get fired. He's a disaster. Um, they got. He's basically, you know, Scooby Do it right. Take the mask yeah. off, Adam Gase. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> Adam Gase. Like he's not good. Um, and like the fact that Miles Garrett said, "Oh, you know, we thought coming into the game they were going to use some of those more hybrid sets, more under the center rather than shotgun, because Fields is better under center." Yeah. Um. And also, like, actually use him as a runner more. Um, and they didn't do any of those things. They just they ran the same offense. They did. It was just a mess. <laughs> they a mess. Um, yeah. So they basically just put Fields 
teed him up for Garrett and uh, Clowney. Nine to get sacks. To Nine Unbelievable. sacks. I mean, are you Unbelievable. Um, and you and talked just, about this, though. You, I, yeah. you talked about the battle line of the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears in the preseason and draft time, and you said he might just be on his face nonstop. That is definitely what happens. So yeah. there is some worry um, with that, but – I think if Matt Nagy gets fired, they're going to put him back under center because that's quite literally where he's best at. Even his Ohio State coaches said that, that when he's under center, he feels way more comfortable. Um, It also gives him more space to work with in a weird way because he's so fast. Like, okay, this is a play action, but they've already broken the line. I'm going to run rather than like shotgun has to wait for the ball to come to him. Like, yeah, it just doesn't work quite as well for him, just the way he plays. Um, So I think that, especially if Matt Nagy gets fired. I really like Justin Fields. Um, Right now with Matt Nagy, I can't imagine he's dumb enough to run the same offense again this week. But if he does, and like Levi Anzarike is getting sacks, then like we got a fucking problem. From the beat reporting (laughs) that I've heard, Matt Nagy is not calling plays this week. I believe their OC is calling plays. So we'll Mm -hmm. see if that can make a difference. But – I agree with you. I mean, if you can afford, this is what I'll say, because yeah. I, I had Fields and, and I mm-hmm. had McCaffrey go down, and I yeah. didn't have a choice. I had to drop yeah. Fields and pick up a back, and so I didn't really mm-hmm. have a choice there. So I wanted to keep Fields because I don't think it can get any worse than it did, and Fields is going to run the ball. I think he'll be okay. I know that they're talking about maybe playing Foles, right? And if Andy mm-hmm. Dalton does come back this week, Andy Dalton will probably play because of Matt Nagy. <laughs> But uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I know, I know. But they, it seems like they're they're leaning in that direction. Even though I think it's just time to go ahead and move on with Fields, use your first round pick. But if you can have the luxury to keep Fields right now, don't drop him. I understand. Like I had to, you know, mm-hmm. someone probably didn't pick him back up after that performance. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't freak out about. It. I don't think anyone's going to go like, oh my gosh, I got to go get him or throw in a waiver priority right now. So if you do have to drop him and maybe you make a trade and you can go get him back on your roster, I would consider doing that as well. But if you can keep him there, I would keep him and see what happens this week. I mean, if he has another crapshoot and doesn't do anything again, then maybe you're like, okay, I don't know if it's worth it, right? But Mm -hmm. if he definitely has the upside, he's a rushing QB. Jalen Hurts has proven that. Jalen Hurts has mm-hmm. he didn't do a whole lot against Dallas but guess what still finished as a QB1 on the week he has finished as a QB1 every week thus far this season doesn't matter his legs are just that you know it, it's mm-hmm. that important in fantasy if you can have a rushing QB Jalen Hurts is one of the only is only one of like five QBs to finish as a QB1 every week that's Patrick Mahomes Tom Brady Jalen Hurts Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr have all finished as QB1s that's it every week you don't hear Josh Allen even in there you don't even hear Kyler Murray who's run the ball because he's throwing the ball a ton right now it's just if you can run the ball like that, you're you have that upside to just be very stable. The floor is very high for guys like that. So if if Justin Fields can come out and start running the ball and start passing okay, then I think he is he's definitely got a high ceiling as a QB, right? Fantasy. Um, um and if he doesn't have to play against Jadavion Clowney yeah, exactly. and Miles Garrett. Right, right, exactly. Right. So um I mean, the like Bears play the five, Lions 40 this week, freaks. so if he, if he they play the Lions at home. If Fields can't yeah. perform against the Lions at home, then that's definitely going to be a red, a red flag. flag. Right? Um, but he should be okay if he gets the nod against the Lions. Um, so we'll see how it goes. 
but I like that. I mean, I don't think if, if you can afford to keep him, I, I would do that. He's mm-hmm. got that upside. I mean, I'm probably going to consider if I can to pick him back up before the week goes on. Um, mm-hmm. But we shall see what happens. Uh, but there are the, the red flags we had talked about preseason wise. You brought up the O-line that's come to fruition thus far. And he, we kind of talked about how he doesn't read he's not great commanding the O-line and understanding Mm -hmm. blitz packages and where to send his running backs on the block. He's just Mm -hmm. that part of his game, the cerebral portion of that, of his game just needs development. So I think Mm -hmm. that was also an issue. He probably, some of those sacks were going to are on him. I can pretty much guarantee nine sacks, probably three of those sacks were probably on him, not just the O-line. I agree. I missed, you know, didn't adjust the O-line and and those are things he's going to have to work on. So there are some red flags with him, but the upside is absolutely worth keeping him on your bench if you can afford it. There's no doubt. And, you know, like he's not going to do what Joe, uh, Joe Burrow did in the game Thursday where they're in the final drive. He just totally audibles out of the play and hot exactly. routes his tight end yeah. to the open. Like he doesn't do any of that. Like, no, like he's not going to do that. Joe, like does not have a good O-line and no. really shouldn't have really but shouldn't he, be competitive. Yeah. But they but are he because understands he because exactly. He knows what he's doing. He's getting guys open. Um, and, and Joe Burrow is able, able to get at the ball out of his hands quickly because he knows how to read mm-hmm. the field and know, understands the playbook that well. He knows the audibles, he knows what he's doing. Those are things field's not going to be able to do right now. Exactly. But hopefully and, his legs can make up for all that in fantasy. It doesn't really matter how it looks. It's the stats. Mm-hmm. It's the rushing yeah. ability in fantasy, right? So exactly. You know, yeah, he's got the upside. All right, let's move on. We are going to talk about some guys that you all are freaking out about. Guys that you want to cut bait with. Guys you might want to mm-hmm. trade. Guys you might even want to sell low right now because you just are so po'd that they performed so poorly mm-hmm. to this point in the season. We're going to talk about some of these guys that maybe you should cut bait with and try to get rid of. And then we're going to talk about some guys that maybe you need to stay water because it's, they're going to have better days. They're going to have mm-hmm. better days. So I'm going to throw out some names and we're going to discuss them. And then Josh maybe has some names he wants to throw out. We're just going to start just rapid fire here with guys and just talk about them for a brief period of time and then move on to the next one. So I'm going to throw out the first name here. And that is Robert Woods. Robert Woods mm. for the Rams. Cooper Cup has been exploding this thus far in the season. He's just gone off. All right. He's like wide receiver one on the season, one of the top fantasy points scores. And Robert Woods has done absolutely nothing. Guys can't stand it. He is just flat out been bad for fantasy. But what do you think about Robert Woods coming into week four and beyond? Um, I would keep him. Um, the Rams actually are – kind of like the Chiefs where, you know, I mentioned the Chiefs often in the early parts of the season have a lot of play diversity, but this year they haven't for some weird reason. The Rams are also like that, but they also are like that again this year. Um, And because of that, I think it's gotten schemed open for a lot of uh, Cooper Cup plays. Not that I think Cup's going to like suddenly fall back to earth or anything like that. Like he's going to have a great year. Um, But like defenses will start to adjust and then Robert Woods gets to get open more. That's kind of how I see it playing out because Robert Woods is still a good receiver. He's not playing horribly on the field. It's more of a fantasy perspective. Um, And he's just straight up way better than Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson as a consistent receiver. Now, obviously, those two have the ability to just totally burn a defense. Um, But I would stick with Robert Woods unless, you know, maybe someone's fishing for a trade and like he, you can throw him into like 
get something way better. But within like reality, I would probably stick with him. I think he still has a high, high upside. Um, and I like guys in good offenses with good quarterbacks. And I think those apply to him. And I think he's clearly the second best receiver. So I wouldn't be running off of him unless it got me something like a running back that I needed. Right. I agree with you for sure. And I don't think that there's a lot of, you know, it's not super plausible to think that someone's going to give you a high value running back for Woods right now, mm-hmm. right? You're going to yeah. be selling low for Woods. I would not mm-hmm. do that. I would stay yep. water with Robert Woods. The Rams are looking really good right now. I mean, they're a top three team in the NFL. Stafford's falling mm-hmm. out. They're looking like they should as people, you know, what people expected coming into the season, they are doing it. Cooper Cup is still going to ball out this year. Robert Woods, though, I think he's going to come into these games and start to perform. I don't see him saying this low right now. They're going to start keying on Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's going to be okay. There's Don't worry about that. But Robert Woods is absolutely going to start performing. Guys like Robert Woods and Higby are going to get more looks. Higby's doing pretty good. I think Robert Woods has – I mean, again, this is the lowest point for him right now. I don't see it getting any lower than this. There's no way it stays like this for the whole season. I would expect a lot better days for Robert Woods. And he's definitely somebody not to panic about. I don't think, I don't think Josh is panicking about Robert Woods right now either. I think he's somebody that you can play. And I think this week against the Cardinals is one of those matchups where you could throw him in there in the flex. He's probably, this could be a bounce back game for Robert Woods right now. So Robert Woods, we're on on the same page there. Stay water with Robert Woods. Next guy I'm going to throw out, Allen Robinson. I had talked about him as a potential buy low candidate last week. Their (laughs) offense looks really bad. They look bad. I mean, Matt Nagy's a joke. We just talked about mm-hmm. that. How do you feel about Allen Robinson? Do you think you should, you know, keep Robinson? What do you think you should do with him? Um, I think that Allen Robinson is proven to be quarterback proof. I will say he has not proven to be Matt Nagy proof. Um, <laughs> all, um, and although he's done well under Matt Nagy, obviously. Um, when you are running the just – insanity that they were running last week i don't know if anyone's going to succeed so hopefully with new play calling coming in that changes i would at least wait the week out and see if the new play caller actually changes things if they start nick fucking Foles, though i might be like (laughs) trying to get off that train yeah like if they can't even like stick to their quarterback like that's a train wreck and like at a certain point you gotta like all right maybe i can still get like a flex level running back out of this and like you need running backs. So maybe you could find a way to do that. Right. right. I agree. I think that this is the week they're playing the lions at home. We just discussed mm-hmm. that. If he can't do anything against the lions, there is some time to maybe start panicking a little bit with Robinson. Mm-hmm. I still think that if you could buy Robinson for really cheap, which you probably can, the guy hasn't gone over 30 mm-hmm. something yards in a game this season. It's yep. bad. So he's he's someone that I would definitely put the panic meter, you know, up a little bit. I wouldn't mm-hmm. like freak out. I wouldn't sell him for super low like people are probably offering. He's a guy mm-hmm. that I would I wouldn't start him right now, right? Yeah. If you can if you have to play him, you have to play him. You could throw him in the flex mm-hmm. for sure. He, he's going to get targets and, and all that. So I wouldn't feel like, okay, I can't play him, but he's more of a wait and see type of guy at this exact moment. He's probably a back, back in wide receiver two right now, like 23, 24 mm-hmm. in rankings, maybe a high end wide receiver three. So you probably do have to play him if you have him. 
Um, but if you don't have to, I'd wait and see. Definitely wouldn't be selling if I own him because you're not getting anything in return. There's no way anyone's giving you anything you want. But if he doesn't do anything against the Lions, I would start to freak out a little bit more. And I've had Robinson. I had him last year. He's a very consistent guy. You, you felt like coming in, he's one of the most consistent, like the guy that you're like, he's going to finish as a top 15 wide receiver, no doubt about it, but he's not going to vault into the top five. There's no chance, right? He's just going to mm-hmm. hover in that range, top 15 to you know top 10, but not getting anything higher than that. Right now, you're starting to worry about that. You didn't really see this as potential because he is quarterback proof. And even with Foles last year, he put up big games. So um, we'll see what happens with him. I think that the panic meter, there's valid reason to have it up. I mean, he was like a third-round pick, I I believe. Like, he was Mm third-rounder guy. So that's that freaks you out a little bit. Um, But I don't think you can sell him because you're not getting anything back. So I would would – feel really nervous if I have him I'd be a little freaked out but see what happens this week and then Mm -hmm. move go on from there right you can't I wouldn't say you can sell him because you're not getting anything back but if you don't have to play him I wouldn't play him either right yeah well and it's a play calling thing the way that they've been calling plays this year has been beyond dumbfounding I mean it's true Adam Gase level just like what like like just watch it and you're just appalled at like what they're doing that is why he's not playing well right now. And if that doesn't change this week, it's There's probably not reason going to. for concern. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. The next guy I'm going to bring up, he hasn't necessarily, you know, he hasn't been bad, you know, per se. He was a first round, early, early second round pick guy. And that's mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley has put up some decent numbers, right? I mean, he had mm-hmm. eight for 61 last week, seven for 63 in a score the week before. But he's not getting – his A dot is really low this year. The guy was a 15-plus yard air yards guy last year, caught a bunch of them. He was falling out in that part of the field. But like we had talked about in the preseason, Matty Ice is cooked. The guy is not good anymore. So, and because you paid such a high price for a Calvin Ridley, like, I mean, I know Ben Roethlisberger is cooked as well. I know that. I watch him every week. But, <laughs> but you didn't pay a high price for a Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. who's going in the fifth round, and he gets a ton mm-hmm. of targets. So you're not worried about that. You're, you're getting the consistency from a guy like that that you wanted, a Chase Claypool, a Juju. You, you didn't t- spend any capital on that. With Calvin Ridley, you spent a big time on a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, were expecting him to come out and get an enormous amount of targets. The target share should be super high. He had eight, 10 and 11 in his first three games. That's not bad at all. That's really good, but he's just not getting as high value looks in the Falcons own lines. Garbage. Matty ice doesn't have a lot of time to throw and his arm just isn't there right now to push the ball down the field. How do you feel about Calvin Ridley? He hasn't been bad or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. how do you feel about him moving forward? Do you think he's going to get back on track and be a top five wide receiver, or do you think he's going to fall and, you know, maybe be more of like a top 10, top 12 guy, more of the back end wide receiver ones? Well, we talked about this in the preseason, right? We were low on the Falcons. Um, And actually, once we kind of go through Ridley, I'm going to feed this into another guy on the Falcons. Um, with Ridley, the target share is high, but it's not as high as you'd like it to be. Um, like for the capital you spent, you were hoping he was going to get maybe 15 targets a game, like really crazy, spiked. like a step um, on digs. Yes. Target share from last season. Right. That's what you were hoping for. Um, and with Ridley, you really haven't got that. Also, with his ADOT being lower, I don't know. There is some co- 
cause for concern. The Falcons are kind of a tire fire. Now I think, I think Arthur Smith's a good coach. Like I don't, I don't know if it's all his fault. I think he'll adjust because he did adjust with Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota and created better offenses. I think he can do that here to where it is more efficient. I would say that like, let's say you took Calvin Ridley at like the top of the second, right? Maybe you got him really early, early in the second. He was going. Um, And you need a running back too. If you could try and like flip him for, for a running back that you can play, like I would, probably consider it now like how far does that go i don't know that exercise can get what's a weird. name that you would consider there if you're saying um because that. that is a big statement to make right yeah. about a guy like mm-hmm. this so i would say the first thing that popped in my mind was the line might be like deandre swift um do you flip him for a guy who's going to get some target share as a running back yeah. who's looked really good this year um, is his role is not going to go away because the Lions aren't good. And if anything, good. it's going to get larger, honestly. Yeah. Right. So if you could, like, I feel like that's the line. Anyone better than DeAndre, I definitely would. Anyone worse, I probably would just keep Calvin. Um, but like DeAndre is like, if someone offered me that, I'd really have to would, think about it. After what Najee's doing now, would you mm-hmm. trade him for Najee for sure? Is that like a slam dunk kind of? Yeah, I think I probably trade. would. Yeah, Unless I now, I if would. I've got two good running backs, somehow maybe I maybe I just got lucky and maybe I already have Swift. I took him later in the draft. I have Swift, mm-hmm. and my first round back was Chubb or something. I'm good. Well, then maybe I don't. Maybe I just keep Ridley. And I'm yeah, like, no, for I'll sure. Just, if that's I'll your roster, stay. yeah, you keep Ridley and you stay. I'm. I, he's someone I'm not panicking on at all. I'm not yeah. panicking about Ridley whatsoever. I think he's going to have mm-hmm. a lot. You know, his days are going to be are going to be better. Um, but I do think that the, the ups, the potential, you know, 20 points a game, mm-hmm. there's reason for concern to think that's not in the cards on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. I think he's going to have some massive games yeah. during the season. So I I think that you're on, you're right on there with like a, a Swift and a Najee type of trade. You could do that if you need a back. But again, it's tough. Like you, you, you might not have like he might be wide receiver one. Maybe you only have another guy. But maybe you have yeah. you got a DJ Moore, and you are like, mm-hmm. you know, I need another back. I'm willing to move on. DJ Moore is producing. Mm-hmm. So those are guys that I think are are in the range for making a trade for him right now. I wouldn't be worried about Calvin Ridley at all. I think he's going mm-hmm. to be fine this season. But I think yeah. for expectations just a little bit, just a little bit. But I think he still is a top. He's still, I think, probably a top – he's a top 10 wide receiver, no doubt about it, top eight mm-hmm. wide receiver for sure. And he still – he still has the potential to be a top five guy. So I wouldn't freak mm-hmm. out. I'm not – I wouldn't trade low or anything like that. He yeah. we more than likely are going to have to keep him. But I think what Josh said, if you do need a back and you're pretty desperate for a back, I'd look for one of these guys that is getting utilized in the passing game like a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's a Najee Harris who had 19 targets last week. Crazy. Yep. And a DeAndre yeah. Swift who's averaging like six and a half catches a game. Mm-hmm. So I think those are, you know, those make sense if you need to make a trade like that. <clears throat> don't freak out about Calvin Ridley. Do not freak and out then, about it. <clears throat> um, you know, we also talked a lot about Kyle Pitts in the preseason. Um, and he – has not performed the way some people would want him to. Now, I don't think he's been bad. Um, he's been pretty average for a tight end, I'd say. Um, he's a rookie. And think, it's what we talked he's a rookie. about. It's we talked about this. It's not necessarily that Kyle Pitts isn't the superstar talent. He's still that. Um, but I didn't love his situation, and I 
also like he's a rookie and rookie tight ends don't typically produce major. Now, if someone is like just in love with Pitts and thinks he's going to break out, like I would definitely be open to trading him for something. Um, Cause like what he's been giving you, you can almost find it like in a stream. Um, so now I don't think that's going to be consistent. I think he's going to get better throughout the year because that's just what happens with t- super talented rookies, especially ones who play in an offense that's changing as the, right. as the OC gets more comfortable with his guys. Right. So I think he'll end up being better throughout the year than he has been. Um, but people still are just head over heels in love with him. Think it's going to be fine. Like that don't have him. Cause I have him and I don't feel that way. Um, but um, if you could get some value in trading him, I'd probably look at that with Pitts. I think that next year you're going to be like, Oh my God, this guy's just putting up monster stats. Cause it usually just takes a year for yeah, tight ends. It just exactly. does. It's, it's what um, we, it's what we discuss, right? It, mm-hmm. it just takes time. I think that Pitts is going to have some boom games for sure. This mm-hmm, year. Yeah. But he's shown you the floor is, is can be low. I mean, it can be, I yeah. mean, he had a five for 75 game against the bucks. Like mm-hmm. he's a very talented guy. He's a wide receiver playing tight end. Exactly. He's uber athletic. The guy can do it, and he's going to have those games. He's still a top. I mean, he's definitely the guy. Like as as you look at the tight end list, he's still number six. If I had to look yeah. at the rest of season mm-hmm. rankings behind, you know, the top five guys, and uh, yeah, I still probably would have like Andrews ahead of him. I think the top four are locked. I mean, Hawkins is falling out. They're locked and loaded. But you have like Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, I think are still similar there. They're getting the looks, but you can trust Mark Andrews more because he's been in the league and he's done it. And he had a hundred mm-hmm. yards last week and in Lamar throwing more this year, right? He's done for like 250 mm-hmm. yards in every game. So I think that Kyle Pitts still slots in at that six spot. Maybe you got like Higby and Fant and stuff after mm-hmm. that. Right. But I think you're right in the fact that you can't just expect a rookie tight end to come out and put up monster numbers every week. And this offense, the, the Falcons are just a struggling. They're struggling. They're t- the team mm-hmm. is just not that great, right? I mean, I know their defense is bad, so they have to throw. But at the same time, they don't have a lot of time to throw. And it's just yeah. not really working out that well for the Falcons. We kind of expected them to struggle a little bit, right? So. I think that Pitts, if you can trade him for something valuable, do it. If not, don't freak out about Pitts. Yeah. He's still a tight end that you want on your roster because mm-hmm. tight ends suck for the most part. Yeah. It's a tough position to deal with yeah. in fantasy. Um, but I think you're right in, in the fact that like this is what you should have expected coming into the season. Mm-hmm. He's going to start slow. He'll probably come on a little bit as the season goes mm-hmm. on. But he's still a rookie, and he's not going to just absolutely – dominate like some mm-hmm. people were expecting and maybe he does and this is good production for yeah. a rookie tight end yeah, absolutely. like this isn't, it is. like, this no, isn't it's bad very it's good just production. you're absolutely people right. thought that maybe he could have you know over a thousand yards and 10 tds and i just i, I wasn't ever super confident yards, in that yeah. and i don't think he's going to do it now now yeah. maybe i'm wrong and suddenly they play him as the x receiver and he's julio jones but right yeah, I exactly it. and we know it's that's you know, <laughs> who knows it's, right you don't always know but yeah Based on the evidence we've seen and the historical mm-hmm. evidence of rookie tight end, this is what we expected to happen. So mm-hmm. I think this is what you should expect moving forward. And he will have some big games. I, I definitely mm-hmm. expect that to happen. Um, but don't expect, like, once he has a big game for him to just dominate every single game. It's probably yep. not going to work out that way. Up and down. Um, so this is the last guy that I'm going to bring up right now, and that is Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> JT. Okay. Um, Quinn Nelson just went down, got carted off, yep. right? 
Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. has not scored this year. Hasn't gone over mm-hmm. 70 yards rushing this year. Had six mm-hmm. catches in week one, but only one in the past two games. Are you worried about Jonathan Taylor at all right now? Yes, um, but kind of because I'm just worried about all the Colts. Um, it reminds me of like a college team where they don't have any receivers um, and they're starting to get injuries on the O-line and you're just like, all right, well, now the good running back sucks too because there's no space. Um, and, you know, we see that a lot in like the Big Ten or whatever, right? You're just like, oh, well, that, that, they were good early in the season. It's just broken down. Um, it kind of feels that way with the Colts for me where I'm like, none of their receiving options are at all appealing. So even if Carson Wentz was good, I don't think he'd be able to do a whole lot with it. And then their own line starting to break down a little bit. Quentin Nelson, I mean, is obviously one of the best, if not the best O-linemen in the league. Um, losing him is a huge loss, especially for Jonathan Taylor getting goal line reps. So I don't know. Exactly. I think that's I, – I, I, I am worried about him. Now, the thing is with running backs, right, is it's like who are you going to get? Like what are you going to replace yeah, him with? There's right. nothing there. No. So it's no. like – what? If, here's, here's, a, here's one for you. And they're, I think they're in somewhat of a mm-hmm. similar territory. I think a lot of people might value JT higher, but mm-hmm. – I don't know. So what about if a Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Solaire versus Jonathan Taylor rest of season? That's tough. I am always a big, a big proponent of having guys in good offenses. Um, so I think I'd lean Clyde because I think he is starting to look a little bit better. They're start, he's starting to fit in a little more. Um, Got to stop think, fumbling, but he had over 100 yeah, yards last yeah, week. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably lean Clyde, um, because he's just in a, he's in a really good offense. Whereas the Colts suck, man. Like their offense is bad. Like (laughs) they're Owen three, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better. Like Carson Wentz isn't great. Um, their backups aren't either. Um, their O-line is good, but banged up. And then their receivers suck. Like. Yeah, I don't. Michael Pitt, they draft, the yeah. one, right? So. They've invested heavily in the draft, and like the, none of those guys look like they're really going to be Paris big Campbell, hits. Nothing. Yep. Nothing. So. Zach Pascal's getting work. Their tight ends aren't great. Yeah. Right? So, I agree with you that I understand the concern for Taylor. Quentin mm-hmm. Nelson is a big loss, and I don't Huge. know how long he's going to be out. It's a high ankle sprain, and mm-hmm. he has off-season foot surgery. Yep. So I, he could be out for a while. I don't know. He got mm-hmm. carted off. So. Here's what I'll say, though, with Jonathan Taylor. I agree with you. I think the Clyde and Taylor one is, is somewhat of a dead heat there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get that, that, you know, Clyde, Clyde – it's been a little scary just because he hasn't gotten a lot of work in the passing game. But yeah. neither is Jonathan Taylor, right? And mm-hmm. Clyde is in a better offense. So it's a, that's a close one. Um, but Jonathan Taylor is – he's getting – he's at 13 red zone carries and has not converted mm-hmm. a single one yet. That is going to change even without Quentin Nelson. So that's where I'm like, okay, the touchdowns are going up. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt about that to me. The Colts defense needs to be, needs to play a little better if Jonathan Taylor wants to get more carried. Otherwise, Naheem Hines is coming in on third downs in the passing Mm -hmm. down situations. Hines is a really good pass catching back. He's just Mm -hmm. a good player. So Mm -hmm. Hines isn't going away unless he got hurt, right? I mean, if Hines got hurt, then Jonathan Taylor to the moon a little bit, right? So. Uh, but yeah, he's going to be on the field forever, but yeah, exactly. But I think with JT, I understand the concern. He's not someone that I'm like 
freaking out about at all, really. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I'm not freaking out about Jonathan Taylor. He's still, to me, a top 12 running back type of guy, mm-hmm. potentially because of the workload and the schedule. It's the schedule yeah. for me, too. They are in a bad mm-hmm. defensive division. They, yep. I believe that in his next few games, in like three of his next six or maybe four next seven, he gets Miami this week. That's a good matchup. Baltimore in the week after that, that's not actually a bad matchup. The Ravens defense mm-hmm. is really banged up. Then they get Houston, San Francisco, so-so. Then I mean, they get Tennessee. Yeah. They just played Tennessee. I know he didn't perform well, but he averaged 6.1 yards per carry. He only got the ball mm-hmm. 10 times on the ground. That makes no sense to me. I don't understand that. So I think that they're going to – Reich's going to have to change that up a little bit, right? So then you get the Jets and the Jaguars. So in four of the next seven games, it's Miami, Houston, Jets, Jaguars in those games. And he doesn't have his bye week until week 14. So Jonathan Taylor, you don't really have to worry about the bye weeks for a long time. That is appealing. I mean, I know it's the week before the playoffs when he does have his bye, so that's a little kind of sucks a little bit. But at the same time, you've got a lot of weeks looking ahead, and you're going to be able to play him. So that's always appealing, and his schedule is great. And he's still a really good player, right? So I think the touchdowns are going up. The schedule is really good. In the bye week situation that you kind of have that advantage for, over a lot of guys there because you don't there's a few bipocalypses in there with week sevens, yeah. nines, and six and stuff that there are a lot of guys, a lot of teams on by. I don't think there's yep, a lot I of teams it. on by in week 14. <laughs> exactly. There's yep. a lot, there's not a lot of teams on by in week 14. So that's a plus um, mm. a little bit there. So I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor at all, really. Um, I think that people shouldn't freak out, but I do think there's mm-hmm. there's reason for for concern because Quentin Nelson is out. He's the best guard, one of the best linemen, mm-hmm. if not the best linemen in the NFL. So that's mm-hmm. that's tough, and the Colts are have been bad. They have not been good. So we'll see how that. I, goes. It's one of those things where I don't think it's anything to do with Jonathan Taylor. Um, there's some surrounding things I don't like, but it's like okay, well, who are you gonna get? Like you're not gonna get another running back. So it's yeah. like I mean, like you said with Clyde. Like I guess if you for in mm-hmm. your mind, if you could trade Jonathan Taylor for Clyde edwards hilaire today, would you make that trade in a straight up trade? Because it's kind of it's a lateral move in a way. Yeah. Sort mm-hmm. of. Um, I'd probably just stick with my guy. Like yeah. I'd probably just stick and be like, I, I'm going to believe in him. I picked him. Like exactly. I think I would too. Right. Mm-hmm. If I if I were in that spot, I think I would stick with with Jonathan Taylor and just let it ride a little bit. He's mm-hmm. not been great, but I think he's going to be just fine. He's such a talented player. So mm-hmm. not somebody that we're freaking out about. Um, Okay, that's the last guy that I had to bring to the table uh, before we move on to our week four matchups. Is there anyone mm-hmm. you want to talk about before we move on? Are you ready to go? Yeah, there is. Um, it's the receiving core of the Miami Dolphins because um, I think a lot of people basically just totally freaked out. Two is hurt. They're going to suck. Okay, well, Jacoby Brissett's not bad. No. Like, and Tua wasn't really that great in the first place. So, like, I don't. Like, now you might freak out because you just don't think they're going to play well because they weren't doing great before. And if that's what you're thinking, then sure. Um, but like, I have Jalen Waddle. I'm going to start him this week. 13 I, targets last fine. week. Yeah, like, like Jalen Waddle also has looked really, really good. He's yeah. really gotten open well. Like, I think that's going to stick. Um, you know, maybe you're a little hesitant on some of the, like, the go-up-and-get-it guys like Devontae Parker because, you know, sure. Jacoby Brissett doesn't make those type of throws typically, which is fine, whatever. But, like, as a whole with that receiving core, like I wouldn't just like freak out. Oh, now they don't have a quarterback. They suck. Dump them. Like I would keep them. Um, yeah. I don't see why not. Like Tua wasn't like them. lighting the world on fire. You didn't go from like Peyton no, Manning no, to, exactly. 
to like go exactly. and get that. And, and, just... and it looks to have helped Gesicki mm-hmm. quite a bit. Gesicki had 10 catches yeah. last week. So, like, Gesicki, Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller don't drop him. Mm-hmm. I know that Fuller is just coming back, so it might take him yeah. a minute. But I would mm-hmm. keep them. Devontae Parker is the one guy that I'm like, I don't really care. I just yeah. don't. I don't see a lot of upside with mm-hmm. Parker. I just – Agreed. Just, I don't know. He's just not – it's a gut thing for me. I just I would never feel comfortable mm-hmm. playing Devonte Parker personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jalen Waddle is clearly the top guy there. I think that he's definitely mm-hmm. worthy of a flex play. I know you're playing him in the flex this yep. week. Kasiki, you can play him right now. I think with Jacoby and Will Fuller, keep him on your bench right now because he could have some, yeah. some big games moving forward. So I agree with you. Um, mm-hmm. Don't freak out about the Dolphins right now. Mm-hmm. I, as far as the pass catchers go, I understand if you're worried about Miles Gaskin right now. I mean, yeah. he's pretty much splitting the load. He hasn't mm-hmm. really been that bell cow type of back some people were expecting. So we'll see how how that pans out. But I agree. Don't don't freak out about the pass catchers. Jacoby Brissett is not bad. Um, yeah. All right, so we are going to move on to the week four matchup preview. Josh, what is a game this week that you feel like is going to produce for fantasy? All right, I'm just going to gloss over it because I think we pretty much just have to do it every week. Uh, any game the Cowboys are involved yeah. in. Because, <laughs> they, again, like I know their defense isn't as bad as it was. No, Parsons and Trayvon Diggs are yeah, just have, have been huge. And they have had fantasy implications, right? Parsons has been able to pressure quarterbacks and actually stop some running game Diggs stuff. Is and then Diggs has been huge on the receiver now. ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, which we talked about last week, right? Like, yeah. I was like, you start against... Mike, get Mike Williams on the field. Like, yeah. you know, you want to have that. And then same with Rager. Rager had a good game. Um, it's Devontae the wide receiver really twos against the Cowboys. It's what yeah. we talked about last week with Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. – you felt like maybe he can do it, but Trayvon Diggs is a stud. He's just a stud. Yes. He's locking down um, wide receiver ones. So it's just worth glossing over every week just because it's yeah. going to be so a, in general, fantasy Start relevant. your Cowboys and start the yeah. Panthers players that yep. you have. Start Chuba Hubbard. Start DJ Moore, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And Robbie Anderson. Um, I don't know. Now, maybe, don't the, <laughs> maybe don't. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then on the more fun side of things, Cardinals Rams. The Cardinals Rams. Yeah, that like was the one. That's the one right there game. that you're circling this week. Yeah. It's the Cardinals and Rams. I think that the Cardinals offense is just so potent. They'll be fine. I yep. know they struggled last week against the Jags. They're kind of but, weird. Uh, I don't know. But I kind of would throw that one in the garbage mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I think the Cardinals players, yeah, that's a that's a good one. They're gonna be fine. I know the Rams defense is good, but the Rams are just they're just so lethal on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. Their offense is gonna put up points. Robert Woods playing mm-hmm. him. Cooper Cup, you're obviously playing him. If Daryl Henderson plays this week, probably play him. I know Sony's probably gonna mix in now because he actually hasn't looked mm-hmm. that bad. So I'm sure they're going to split it, especially since Henderson already got hurt. So I would mm-hmm. I would temper expectations a little bit, but running back is we is is not deep. It's pretty weak, right? So mm-hmm. you're probably going to need to play him. So play Daryl Henderson if you need to. I'm not worried about a Cardinals matchup with Daryl Henderson. Yep. Um, and on the Cardinals, I mean, you're playing those guys. You're playing Chase Edmonds in the mm-hmm. flex. Maybe he's your RB2 because yep. that's sometimes that's how it's going to be. If yep. he's your RB2, he's catching passes. I'm playing him. James Conner, I'm not playing him this no. week. Uh, I know he scored twice no. last week. I'm not playing him this week. Hopkins is in your lineup. Um, no, they have a really good goal line defense, yeah. so I, that doesn't bode well for Conner. Right. And I know Rondale struggled last week, but this is what you expect. These are rookies, right? And mm-hmm. Rondale's in a loaded – it's a crowded offense. It's a crowded mm-hmm. receiving core. 
So he's him somebody and, that you just kind of have to put in your lineup if you need a boom week from somebody and be like, okay, let's see what happens. If, you are, if you're after Thursday night and you had the Bengals defense and maybe you played Marvin Jones who didn't do anything and you're just down, down big mm-hmm. right now and you need to have a boom game, he's, you could throw him in there maybe. Maybe it's a deeper league mm-hmm. to throw him in. He's not somebody that I would be dropping uh, any stretch in fantasy. I know some people probably freaked out mm-hmm. about last week, but I would give it some time with a rookie like that. Um, but again, the Cardinals wide receivers, you can just kind of, you just have to kind of know they they are going to have low floors, but they have mm-hmm. high ceilings with Kirk and Rondale and, and yeah. even AJ Green, honestly, right now. Yeah. So I'd actually like Kirk and Rondale this week, just because Jalen Ramsey's only going to cover DeAndre. Like you can just go ahead and chalk that up. He's shadowing Nuke all game. Um, now they have a good defense outside of that, but this is going to be a high scoring game. And I think that those two are probably going to be the guys who get get the space to Likely, work. Right, like, yeah. Nuke will probably still have a good game because he's good, but um, I wouldn't be shocked if he only has, you know, maybe five catches for 60. And, like, and Nuke's been injured, you know, yeah. he's stealing mm-hmm. with a little bit of an injury. So I, I think that they're, they're fine plays, right? The other mm-hmm. receivers are fine plays. They have a low floor. You have to understand yeah, that sure. when you play those guys, but mm-hmm. they have the upside to help you win a week. So I agree with you there. Um, Let's see. What's another game to discuss? <clears throat> um, I think that probably the the Vikings Browns game is a little interesting to me. I think the Browns mm-hmm. running backs are are in mm-hmm. for a pretty big game against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings defense they hoped would be better, and it's just not better. It's not any yeah. better. So I think the Browns are going to run all over them. And I also think Odell is a play. Jarvis Landry's mm-hmm. on IR. I think Odell mm-hmm. is. You, you play him this week if you haven't. I would, him. yeah. Play him. So Odell's in your lineups this week. This could be a big game for him. And the Vikings, you're playing these guys, right? You're, you're just – you're playing Thielen. You're mm-hmm. playing Justin Jefferson every week. I don't think that the Browns' DBs are anything, mm-hmm. you know, to write home about. They're nothing super mm-hmm. special. Denzel's pretty good. They've got some decent guys. Mm-hmm. Their safeties are pretty good, right? But they're nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. These Thielen, Jefferson are going to – they're fine. They're going to – they're no match for those types of wide receivers. And if Dalvin's playing, obviously, I would expect him to have a fine game for sure. If he's not yeah. playing, then you're playing Madison as well. So you're playing yeah. these guys. I think that that game um, has potential for some some pretty big fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. I would maybe avoid starting Kirk Cousins this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, just because they don't have a great O-line. Um, and he could have maybe 300 yards and the receivers look good, but he plays like shit and doesn't have a great amount of points because he's getting hit a lot. Yeah. Um, he hasn't and, been turning the ball over a lot yet this season. Yeah, and I would expect this is a game where he might throw, t- t- you know, mm-hmm. toss a couple picks, maybe fumble the ball a little bit. I know it's at mm-hmm. home, so that does help. Right. It but, does. Um, I don't think that he's someone that you're like, okay, I'm definitely starting him this week. Mm-hmm. I think if you have a better option, maybe pivot. Yeah. Um, because the Browns defense is legit. Um, Miles Garrett is a terrifying dude yeah, to play exactly, against. Exactly. Um, he fucks up everybody's day and he's right, gonna fuck right. up Kirk Cousins. So yeah. So if you have like maybe you were a guy that kind of went zero QB a little bit, waited mm-hmm. really long, and you took like maybe you took like a Joe Burrow and then you were like, ah, I don't really like that. And you dropped and maybe you picked mm-hmm. up Kirk's Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. Let's say you have Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins and Derek yeah. Carr playing Derek Carr over yeah. Kirk Cousins this week. 
at the, the, the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr's been throwing the ball all over the place, and I think that he will be fine doing that again against the Chargers. I think the Chargers' mm-hmm. defense is solid, but I, I would play Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins yeah, this week. I would too. Um, you know, another game worth just kind of looking at. Um, I think that the Buccaneers Patriots game is fascinating. Not oh like, yeah, that's a that is a must watch game. You have like, to watch that. Um, the reason I say it is I could see the Buccaneers struggling, not because they're not the better team, not the Tom's all those things, but um, Bill Belichick. If anyone knows how to stop Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick. <laughs> you would think it'd be Bill, right? So, so. if they can't stop him, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I would be intrigued, you know, maybe if you have um, some of the Bucks receivers or Tom or whatever, maybe like if you have some other options, maybe go for those. Just, just on the off chance that Bill Belichick pulls a classic, like just out of nowhere, Holy shit! How did they play defense? That sure, type sure. of thing because he does that schematically sometimes. I, I could see that as a possibility. I'd still put my money that Brady's gonna just like I need this. I if I, I need a ball, yeah. this this is a cement everything. If I can beat mm-hmm. them in Foxborough and dominate, yeah. but I absolutely think it, it's got potential to be a closer game than people think. I mm-hmm. know it's hard that if you have the buck, like if you have Mike Evans, if you have Chris Godwin, you're you have to play them. You're probably going to have, have to, play, to play them. And Tom Brady, you're playing him in this game. Like, yeah, even if it's possible sure. that he couldn't, you're playing him because there is the mm-hmm. world that he just lights the world on fire yep. again against the Patriots. So, and it's in box, bro. He's yep. going to have his, his uh, rally cap on and going in there and mm-hmm. smash. So, I you're playing these guys. Antonio Brown, I think you can play him as well if you want to in the flex. But I think you're right in the sense that there is a world where they mm-hmm. could struggle against Bill. Um, but I think like you're still going to play those guys on the mm-hmm. Patriots side of the ball. Quite frankly, I don't want to play anyone at all. I mean, maybe Jacoby Myers in the flex. Maybe. Right? But um, other than that, James White is out for the season. Mm-hmm. Damian Harris, I guess you can play him, but mm-hmm. he didn't. I don't know what it was or what's going on, but it doesn't look. It looks like they're going to start to mix in JJ Taylor and Ramon yeah. Stevenson some too. So we'll see what happens. And the Bucks rushing defense mm-hmm. is great, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like <laughs> running to my team and to put in any Patriots this week. Yeah. Um, I could see um, one to, one thing to watch in that is I could see they've been really conservative with Mac so far in the season. I could see them just saying "fuck that," like we're not going to lose to Tom, like yeah. we're just going to sling him it, just throw the ball, see what happens. And that could be good or bad, but right, uh, it could. If he throws picks, they're going to get slaughtered. Maybe he gets yeah. some deep bombs to El Snaggle or something. Mm-hmm. The balls out. Maybe John has a game. Um, it's so just yeah. a game we're talking about in terms yeah, of fantasy. I mean, I don't know how much it totally changes things. Yeah, I agree. Um, it doesn't change just, a whole lot for fantasy, but it's worth talking about. It's definitely, you know, the game of the week. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's the game of the week. So, um, I agree. I think that was worth talking about. The next game that I'm going to, I'm going to, um, bring up here is the Washington football team at the Falcons. And here's okay. why I think that. People last week against the Bills who are uh, – people need to understand, the Bills are a top three defense right now. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Their D is great. Mm-hmm. Heineke still had three total touchdowns in that game, and um, he's a he's a potential streamer this week at the Falcons if you need a quarterback in a deeper league. 
but I'm bringing it up because Gibson, you know, hasn't done anything crazy last week. He, I mean, he's, he's a great football player. He had a 73 yard mm-hmm. touchdown reception. It was yep. awesome, but he's not getting as much work. And last week it's because they were, they just couldn't do a whole lot. I know that kind of, he scored three touchdowns, but they weren't moving the ball very well. I think they threw for like 212 yards and just couldn't really run the ball a lot because they were down so bad. And McKissick didn't even catch a lot of passes. No one really mm-hmm. caught a lot of passes. The Bills' time of possession was just absurd. So I think yep. this week against the Falcons, this is a get-right game for Antonio Gibson. I think Terry McLaurin as well. I think mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson, this is a game that he's, he should have a rushing touchdown, maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. And I think Terry is going to have a pretty big game. So I like those two guys on the Redskins this week. Also keep an eye on Curtis Samuel, who is off of IR and is expected to play this week. So see what happens it's a there. huge addition. Yeah. Um, and on the Falcons side of the ball, this is kind of crazy, but, you know, Redskins defense or sorry, Washington football team's defense yep. <laughs> hasn't been good this year, actually. It they've hasn't. Been bad. Uh, they've been getting mm-hmm. shredded by quarterbacks and they've just been getting whooped in the past. They just haven't been very good. Everyone yep. expect them to be great. I definitely thought they were going to be a good defense. I think that mm-hmm. they still have the talent to be that, but they've been struggling out of the gates. And because of that, and because they're playing at home, the Atlanta is playing at home. Mm-hmm. I think that Cal- this is a game Calvin Ridley could bounce back a bit. I think that he could go over a hundred yards and score. And um, I think Pitts could maybe have a decent game in this one. Mm-hmm. The running backs, I just, Coming into the yeah. season, I didn't want anything to do with the Falcons' backfield, and now it's still really tough. Like I think that you can you could play them if you have to, right? I'm sure a lot of people have to play them, but like Cordell yeah. Patterson will catch passes, and Mike Davis is getting some work. But mm-hmm. those aren't guys that I'm like really excited to play. But if you need mm-hmm. to, I understand that you can play a Cordero Patterson in PPR this week. Mike Davis, quite frankly, is one who probably scares me a little bit more because Patterson's catching these passes and he's safer. And Davis is kind of needing a touchdown to, you know, yeah. save his week. Um, but in general, I think I wanted to bring up this game because I think Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin are going to have big games. Taylor Heineke is a potential streamer this week if you need mm-hmm. a guy in a deeper league. And I think that Calvin Ridley and Pitts are in a pretty prime spot to maybe have bounce mm-hmm. back games this week. I will say the one thing with this game, the red or the football team, <laughs> yeah, um, their defense has struggled last year. They were really good against bad QBs and bad offenses. And that's really where they got this reputation as a good defense. When they played good offenses, they struggled last year. Now, this year, they haven't only played good offenses. They but, played Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones yeah. kind of shredded them. So. Yeah, not good. Not a good look. Not a good. No. <laughs> um, so I would say that there's definitely some flaws there. The one guy who's actually looked really good for them is a guy we talked about in the preseason, Jamin Davis from UK. He's actually been yeah, really, really he's strong. Out, for sure. He's mm-hmm. been probably their best defender. Yeah. Um, and the Chase reason I mentioned him. Yeah, Chase Young hasn't looked good at all. He got fucking owned by Rashawn yeah. Slater. Yeah. Um, straight up pwned. Yeah. But uh, Jamin Davis was the only guy who had a good cover grade against uh, Kyle Pitts. Um, out of all of the different yeah, college guys, covered him. he's the only guy who did it semi well. No, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, Kyle Pitts had two touchdowns and 100 yards against Kentucky. So I'm yeah. not saying that he's going to slow him down. Exactly. Uh, um, but, but it's something to worth you know, noting that it's mm-hmm. it's possible that Davis could have his number in this game, right? I mm-hmm. guess that's what you're trying to do. Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be afraid to, to start him or anything. But I would say, like, if you see that he has another down week um, 
and it's because again, don't freak out over. if he if don't freak out. Another yet, down like, week. Don't freak out. He's a rookie. Don't freak yeah, out. So, exactly. Yeah. No, so, I, I think that's. But I think that's a really interesting game. Um, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in that game that I think is worth looking at in fantasy. Um, and then I would say maybe the last one, just because I think there's a lot of fantasy implications for it, is Lions Bears. If the Bears suck against the Lions, bro, like I'm probably out on. It's all panic the button time for sure. Yep. Like the Lions defense isn't good. Now they've been better. Um, Dan Campbell actually has looked pretty good as a coach. I actually like what he's been doing quite a lot. Um, but if they can't score against the Lions, man, I think it's 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 over. Yeah, like absolutely. call that hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much what it is there because if you have TJ Hawkinson's in your lineup, DeAndre Swift yep. is in your lineup. Yep. Um, I know people are nervous about Montgomery and Allen Robinson. But you're probably playing Montgomery if you drafted him. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have another back. You're playing him, and he should be okay in this game. You want to yeah, believe like, that he should be. Um, and then Robinson, you might need to play him. So mm-hmm. this is the game. This is kind of a make-or-break game for the Bears. So I, I do agree with you. There's implications there for that. Um, and then the last game, this one we don't really need to talk about a lot, but it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. weekly things, the Chiefs at the Eagles. I think this yeah. is an important game, you know, to mm-hmm. note. It's going to have fantasy points. All the Chiefs, yep. the mm-hmm. primary three, well, four guys, I guess, Mahomes, Hilaire, yep. Kelsey, and Hill, you're all you're playing all of them. You're playing them every week pretty much, so that's not much to talk about. But for the Eagles, I think this is another. Jalen Hurts has got a high four again and has a big ceiling mm-hmm. potential, right? I think that Devontae yep. Smith is somebody you could play. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you could play a lot of guys in that game because I do think the Chiefs are one and two. I think they're going to come out swinging in this game. I think that they're probably going to try to win by a lot of points. Andy Reid has done this in the past. I think he's going to try to crush them. And because of that, I think even if they, the Eagles do get slaughtered in this game, I, that doesn't matter for fantasy. That just no. means give me the garbage time all yep. day. It's what happened yep. with Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys last game. Mm-hmm. He ended up going for 300, over 300 yards and a couple tees and ended up giving you 20 mm-hmm. points in a game that he did not play very well. No. So this is a game that I, I think that the Eagles, even if they're getting crushed, they're going to put up garbage time and they're going to put up fantasy points. So I think that's a high fantasy point game, but it's a fairly mm-hmm. obvious one. So we don't really need yeah. to talk about it a lot. You know, in terms of DFS options, I might even look at some of the Chiefs receivers. I think the Chiefs are going to try to beat the fucking brakes off the Yeah, like, I, I completely think they're going agree. to try, going to try and... to kill them. Yeah, they're going to try to win by 25, 30 points if they can. They're going to win yeah. by as much as they possibly can in this game. I yeah. think Mahomes is probably going to just throw for four, five touchdowns. Like, like, this is probably the only time Mahomes has been pissed. Yeah. Like, He's never in lost back-to-back back games as yeah. a quarterback. I don't even – I don't think he – I really don't think he has. I, I don't know. Ever. He might have, but I don't think he has. So this is this is tough for him, and he, people are giving him heat right now. I think he's going to come out mm-hmm. with this ball. I think the whole team is going to come out and just kind of try to crush the – And the heat around the homes is a little overrated. Um, he's oh, been like the third so best QB so far. No, like, I would, like no it's, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. He's obviously just tried hasn't to push – yeah, he's trying yeah. to push it a little bit, maybe when he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, not every time the way he plays, sometimes you're going to get mm-hmm. caught a little bit doing that. But that's mm-hmm. how he plays. And he's the best core. He's so freaking good. You let him yeah. do those things because most of the time mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. And it has been for most of his career. Mm-hmm. So that's a game that's a high scoring game. I think that we talked about most of these big games here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I know Monday night, the Raiders and Chargers, that should be a fun one. I think all the Chargers yeah. are going to do well. I think the Raiders will mm-hmm. do well. So that's another mm-hmm. game that's pretty obvious. I think you're playing guys in that one, right? So mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, I think the, that's a that's a good place to end this podcast. Uh, Josh, do you have anything you want to say before we uh, get out of here? Um, go Cats. We're playing the Gators this week. Gotta yeah, go wins. Cats. Go Cats. Big game. <laughs> big game. This is big for Kentucky. We yeah, it's a huge game for us. Ooh. So, yeah, go Cats. BBM, baby. Yep. Lee Blue. Let's go. Let's see what happens. See if Levis can, can perform. But. Other than that, let's we're excited for a week four slate of, of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see what happens. Let's see if some of these guys can bounce back and maybe some of these guys that you maybe need to actually push the panic button on. But, yep. Um, we'll catch you guys next week for another fun pod. Uh, out. See you.